Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. This is number two in a series of three podcasts with our friends at WorkJam. So the first one, we covered task management. And if you want some further information on WorkJam, you can refer back to our podcast that Tim and I did in September 2020 around reimagining communication. But again, we're joined by Tim Wheeler, VP Sales from EMEA for episode number two, which is around customer experience. Hi, Tim. Simon, nice to talk to you again. Yeah, back. So you're becoming a veteran at this. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. You're making me a veteran. Thank you for the training. <laughs> good. No, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. So we're we're in a good place with understanding what WorkJam does. We we talked in detail in the last episode around task management. Now I think people might think this is a, a little strange in terms of us talking about customer experience and in effect your app is non-customer facing so it's in it's employee side so i know what we're going to talk about today and we'll we'll come on to that in a second but from your point of view how does workjam help drive customer experience through the employee experience well i think when you look at how customers experience a company, uh, it's either via interaction with things like you know websites and physical stores and you know some some technical or physical elements of your organisation, or most likely it's with an employee of yours. Um, and when you think about it, those physical aspects actually get put in place by employees as well. So if you want someone to walk into a store and have a good uh, experience of your brand, then you need to rely on employees having made the physical infrastructure and the feeling uh, within that store what you want it to be for your customers. When they uh, are greeted by someone who's uh, in the store or when they're purchasing something in the store, then, then they're interacting with your employees. So actually, when, when you boil it down, everything that a customer experiences actually derives from their experience with your employees directly or indirectly. And therefore, it's how your employees represent your brand and perform uh, their duties that most impacts the customer. So it is one step removed. I'll I'll certainly uh, grant that. But actually, uh, when you think about it, it, there's a very direct correlation between your employees and the customer experience. Got it. So that must have multi-layers because... If the employee is the face of the organization and is that interaction that the customer has in terms of paying for a product, asking for advice, all that kind of stuff, then the layers within that that the app helps with, so WorkJam helps with, is the onboarding piece, but clearly then there's an ongoing upskilling piece depending on the type of organization you are. There might be product updates, new products, products that are being deranged or discontinued. So there's lots of different layers where you'll touch the employee on their life cycle. Absolutely correct. And uh, what this really means is that your relationship with your employees, uh, yes, you mentioned onboarding, and it's very important when they first join your organization, you know, how are they brought in? How are they uh, learning about your culture and what's important for them to represent for you towards your customers? That's very important. But actually, the ongoing relationship is just as important because nothing is uh, a constant and unchanging, particularly in the world uh, as we've experienced recently 
recently in 2020 and uh, the start of 2021. I mean, really everything is changing uh, all of the time. Your processes, uh, the procedures, the expectations of the customers with regard to, uh, you know, safety and so on, let alone the, the normal steady state things like the representation of the brand and the knowledge that they need. So you, you've got to bring people into the organisation, uh, have them understand quickly what is your culture, have them understand what are the important things about your your product, your organisation, how it represents itself to the customers. But then it, you know, even if they've been with you for, for 10 years, you know, there's some new promotion going on or some change in how you want to represent yourself. And that all needs to be really, really embodied in what your employees do. So, you know, communication, training, and execution all go hand in hand to give the customer the experience that you want them to have. Absolutely. And the, the challenge, I think, has always been for retailers is how you communicate that consistently. And we've talked around um, consistency of experience, I know, before. But customers must see a benefit from dealing with colleagues that are more equipped and have knowledge and engaged in an organization than those that maybe go through an initial induction and then find information, a drip-fed information in various different guises. I think that's right. And and really what a lot of organizations are doing right now is, is stepping back and thinking, how do people actually take in information? And they're concluding that the old ways of let's do a big, you know, three hours of, of different uh, videos or, or maybe someone speaking to a group of people, you know, they, they do all of this intense and quite long training. Actually, that's not how people learn in the real world. What people want is, yes, an amount of training at the beginning, um, but there's always constant top-up information that if it's easy for the employee to access, they will take it on board. As an example, um, if you want... Uh, someone to learn something important about how you serve your customers. Let me give an example. One of our customers, uh, Starbucks. So from time to time, they'll run uh, some sort of special coffee in store. And they want their people to know, you know, here, here's the important story behind this special coffee, you know, the way it was made or where it comes from or the particular uh, nuance of the, the taste of this, this coffee. Um, how do you get that information to real-world employees? Well, what you don't do is run a, you know, set-piece Zoom meeting, let's say, where everyone gets on, they get talked at for a certain amount of time and you think they'll have gone away with the information. No, actually what's better is if you give, uh, yes, some initial information, maybe a short video that they can consume at their own time. So whenever there's a lull uh, with customers in the in the coffee shop, you know, go and watch that video uh, about the, the Costa Rican coffee flavour. You know, re-watch it whenever you want to because no one picks everything up first time. So that's all very important and being able to do that easy-to-access on-demand training but actually, wouldn't it be great if there was a chat group where you can go, oh, a customer asked me a really interesting question about the Costa Rican coffee. I didn't know the answer. Does anyone know what the answer is? Of course, someone does somewhere in the organization. So having that easy chat, um, maybe people with similar roles are, are in the same chat group. Uh, so you have the right people talking to each other in the right way. Um, you get that information and can really deliver for your customers and people can consume the information whenever they want. So, uh, you know, yes, messaging, yes, social media and interacting with other people in your organization, wherever they may be geographically. And of course, yes, initial training, 
but more importantly, regular, appropriate top-up training that your people can access when is convenient to them and as frequently as is convenient to them means that you're much more likely to get the right kind of information in the heads of, of your employees, which means your customers will experience what they want when they interact with your employees. No, I love that. So kind of that little and often drip fed, but actually content available when I want to access it that's appropriate to me and how much I've learned on my ways of working. No, that's good. And and we can loop this back into task management, can't we? Yeah, it, it is highly related, particularly uh, when you think about um, maybe the physical experience that your customers go through. So, you you know, you may be running a particular promotion or you may, you may be ch- changing how you want the brand experience to be in a store. So to achieve that, you have to execute putting together the right promotion, whether it's, you know, banners or rearranging your aisles or putting different things in different places um, in the store for customers to see and experience. All of these things, these, these operational changes need to be executed and you want them to be executed consistently. So, you know, the one store uh, in one part of the country is, is the same in how people experience as another place because execution uh, is reliable and you can be confident that that program is actually being run effectively wherever it may be. So consistent brand representation. How do you achieve that? Well, you need to be able to execute well. How do you execute well? It all comes down to your employees and how easily they can understand what needs to be done and how easily they can be walked through either as individuals or as a group because some of these things are programs don't forget with you know different people need to do different things at different times to achieve the result um so whether individual whether a program you can rely on the execution because of the right system that you have in place to support the employees as they execute these different things. So, you know, really important how you execute your tasks. And don't forget one of the important pieces of our task management conversation was that feedback loop. So looking at what's actually happened, you know, we've put together our uh, promotional experience in our store. You've you've taken a, a picture or a couple of pictures or a quick video. Here's how it looks. Someone has a look at it and goes, uh, not bad, but there's one piece of that that hasn't quite been done uh, the way we want and we think it really matters for the customer experience. So we can actually rework that. Or again, we could give this quick training information. Okay, have a look at the 90-second video that shows what we really want this to look like and why and how you execute on that. So, again, maybe maybe 90% of stores didn't need that, but the ones that do can access that additional help, access additional help from, from real people in a, in a chat group or a social media type um, construction. So, you know, you're really targeting who you're giving information to, how and when, to achieve the consistent uh, result. So, yeah, highly related uh, to task management. Yeah, it's interesting that there's lots of ways in terms of feedback loops you talked about there for getting feedback from customers and alike. But actually, I think you guys do something quite neat with polls. So you get a read from employees to see, you know, how was it for you and to add that into businesses' data points. Yeah, quite right. And it's been an area that's been difficult historically, actually, because, you know, the suggestion box or the employee uh, suggestion box has been around for a long, long, long time. But how do you get employees to actually engage with this kind of thing? You know, people don't put the pieces of paper in the in the suggestion box as it used to be. Um, you can have uh, something on an intranet, you know, please write your, your suggestions down here. 
But again, the trick with getting engagement from your employees is to make everything really easy. So if the application that they're using to view their schedule, say, or to uh, clock on uh, to work in the morning, if that application, when you start your day, says, here's a quick survey that we'd like you to do, you know, how did the last promotion go? You know, did you get feedback from your customers? A couple of key questions. It's there in an app that they're using every day. And the survey is is done because there's no effort on behalf of the employee to do the survey. They don't have to find the right thing or write the piece of paper. It's just there in an app that they're always using. So having the digital workplace makes sure that you get this survey information really easy. Um, and, and, and I've seen really innovative examples of how customers uh, use this survey feature because it, it really is do what you want with the surveys. It, it can be, uh, you know, how did our promotions go? How have customers reacted? It can be things that are important to your organisation, like, for example, you know, we've got 100 stores around the country. There's a geographical area where we're short on staff. Does anyone wish to move to, uh, you know, a particular area of the country? Just just a survey to ask who might be interested in moving. You know, maybe this is a way to solve a, a temporary or a permanent staffing problem. So, you know, it really comes down to uh, the old way of, of having ideas about surveys and methods of getting information but not being able to execute it, that's all gone once you can put a digital workplace in place, which means that people are, are immediately using um, the one application, easy to use for all of their needs as an employee. It's very powerful. And then that, that data must um, become more visible in terms of for the field teams, so regional managers, area managers, as well as the central teams. So there must be a real benefit in one, clearly, digitizing all of this as we discussed before but to targeting stores that or people that are performing well adversely stores hotels wherever it might be and potentially groups of individuals that may need some different type of training or a different push to get to that level yeah, quite right. And, uh, you know, again, highly related to rewards, which is one part of a digital workplace. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the carrot and stick uh, discussion, everyone prefers carrot if you can put that in place. So let's find a way that where things are done in an excellent way, there's recognition of that. And, and it might be uh, some sort of, you know, monetary recognition or, you know, a prize of some sort or, you know, go to this site and there's a bunch of options that you can have. It might be as simple as uh, recognition amongst your peers. So quite interesting. If someone does a really good, good job on a promo, maybe they want to make the short video and recommend, you know, what did we do that got us the fantastic results? Or to the Costa Rican coffee example from, from Starbucks, you know, maybe there's someone that is just particularly good at telling a story to their customers so why not have them tell the story to everybody that they can consume when they want to uh, listen to the story and why not have them in the chat group as the as the guru of the particular subject that when questions are asked you're the one who uh, is is helping your colleagues to give the right answers to your customers so there's many ways um, to give positive rewards to your staff and again all this does is make sure that the customer experience is better more consistent no matter where you are or who you're talking to and more likely to get the right information and the right service at the right time. Yeah, and that can only be a benefit in terms of focusing training cost and effort in the right places and therefore, as you say, to drive back that experience all the way through to customers. So with all that in mind then, 
what advantages are organizations going to get from having employees that are onboarded well, kept up to date well, upskilled with the relevant right information for them? How How is it going to give them a competitive edge or what things have you seen already? Well, I, I think there's a, there's a couple of parts of that. W- one part is actually um, a, a bottom line element, which is if you can put in a good system uh, that facilitates all these things, the training and the knowledge transfer and the good execution, then actually uh, you're better as a corporation because you save an awful lot of cost. So if you can do things uh, effectively uh, in a less costly way, uh, you know, you don't have a ton of change management every time you want to do something uh, a little bit different. You don't have a ton of training costs every time you want to do something uh, that requires some information transfer. So that that is bottom line cost. So as an organization, you can either be a more profitable organization or you can divert those funds to other ideas that you think might make the customer experience better. So bottom line is always a, a nice thing to have. But the direct uh, relationship where I think everyone knows happy employees are better employees. And, you know, particularly on the front line where you're serving customers and helping customers, um, when your employees feel like they're a part of your organisation, where they feel like they really have the information at their fingertips, where they feel like they've had the right onboarding, the right journey to become uh, at the right level of expertise for what they need to do in their job, then that, that's going to rub off on the customer. So the customer can really feel the difference. You, you and I have experienced when you, when you go into a shop and, uh, you know, you, you know that the, uh, the person serving you doesn't really want to be there. You know, whether they haven't just been given the right onboarding uh, story or, or whatever it may be, but you, you really feel the difference between a motivated, happy, connected employee and one that is not. And I would say that's really of primary importance. If, if, if your own employees feel a part of the brand and, and feel empowered to do the right things for the customers, then the customers really will pick that up. And it's, it's night and day between an organisation that has this in place and one that doesn't. And I assume that, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, has been heightened with, I suppose, the realisation for some organisations that they had no way of communicating to their frontline staff in the first lockdown. Yeah, I mean, it, just basic communications and, and or the lack thereof um, was really highlighted uh, nearly a year ago, uh, frighteningly, when the first lockdown um, was put in place and people went, hang on a minute, most of our frontline employees, they're not sitting on a corporate email system or if they if they have it, they're not looking at it all the time. You know, we just don't have uh, a way to communicate. Um, so really that, that fundamental piece was very much highlighted by the last year. But I, I do like to think of this as a, a as more an integrated approach or we, we often talk about orchestration where communications is kind of the, the base level requirement now. You know, you've got to be able to communicate with your staff. But this idea that that there are many different ways that people like to receive information and training and knowledge and there are many different things that you want your employees doing and you need to really orchestrate these different things that they need to do on their day and and I've sort of I enjoy talking with customers who, who say 
knowing that there was a digital workplace that could really enable uh, the right things at the right time. So, you know, do a HR thing when you've got your, uh, you know, your time uh, when it's not busy, you know, do your training and your learning at a time when it's not busy, um, do your schedule when you're sitting on the couch at home uh, if you want to. Um, you know, you, you can do whatever you want whenever you want it done because it's an easy-to-use system where it's all there. That lets them step back and, and, and unbounded by an IT constraint, think, what do we want our operations to look like? What do we want our employees doing? And they don't have to think, what does our IT system let the employee do? They can think, what do we want them to do? And then a digital workplace can make that happen. And we'll finish on, I think, what's going to be one of the most important elements moving forward for organisations, which is health and safety. It, it's always been at the top of most people's priorities for obvious reasons. And having worked in stores myself, historically it's been been difficult to track. It's been very manual, very paper-based or um, online e-learning systems, which potentially aren't as easy for pick up for people to pick up and put down, like you've just alluded to. Yeah. Um, you know, basic things like manual uh, handling yearly refresher training, whose uh, forklift truck license is coming up for renewal. All that stuff being facilitated through something like WorkJam must give an organization a real sense of um, comfort and, again, insight and ability to be confident that people are operating in a safe manner, especially when we've got changing dynamics in the world around social distancing and PPE, etc., yeah, very right. And, and actually, when you think about it, the comfort comes from both directions. So from the organization's point of view, they have to be able to execute health and safety procedures. And that means, you know, task management in a way that the frontline will really embrace it uh, and do things in the right way. Um, it means an auditable trail. So you actually know what's been done. And again, we, I'm talking a lot about training. This is a, a great example. You know, if there's a health and safety training video, make it easy for people to access by putting it through the digital workplace and onto their uh, mobile device. But you want to know who's actually watched that video. And you don't just want to know that, like the old systems used to be, you know, someone's jumped on an intranet and pre press play uh, and, uh, you know, gone to a different application or gone somewhere else. You want to actually know that the information has been taken in. So tying training to some kind of survey is actually a, a really important piece. So from an organisation, you want to be guaranteed of good execution, guaranteed that the things you try to do in training uh, really hit the mark as far as the employees go. Um, but it also comes from the employee's point of view. So the employee wants the comfort as well. Um, one of the things that the pandemic has really caused is employees are thinking, I don't want to be at risk when I'm at work. So having an employer that has good health and safety uh, procedures, it, you know, it used to be maybe a little bit of an annoyance. Ah, you're getting in my way of doing my job. You know, these these procedures and these steps, they aren't necessary. I think everything's really changed. Um, employees are looking at this thinking, I don't want to work for someone that takes shortcuts around this kind of thing. 
you know, there's a, there's a virus out there. I, I want to work for companies that take this seriously. So the fact that my employer, employer asks me to do a quick health check, you know, every day, are you running a temperature? Have you got, you know, this symptom, whatever, you know, are you okay to come into work? I like that. The fact that when I get to work, the employee has really easy to use task execution systems whereby I can see that the health and safety things are being put in place. One of our biggest customers, Shell, um, had a great example where, you know, the pandemic hit and they needed to do different cleaning procedures for for pumps, which, you know, staff and customers alike uh, touch the same pump. So obviously that means, you know, in, in COVID world, uh, the way you clean things probably becomes more diligent, probably a different way of executing just the cleaning processes, and the frequency will change as well. So, again, being able to execute is important, but who sees this? Your staff see this, and their comfort to be there and stay there and be invested in your brand and keep working for you, you know, it comes from having these good healthy procedures. But actually, your customers see this as well. And it's going to be really interesting in the post-COVID world to look at how customers come back and who they come back to in the physical world. And I have a feeling that being able to really show that you're a safe and effective, healthy organisation is one of those things that customers are going to look at. And they'll come back to the ones where they really have the confidence in these systems and the employees' of uh, the customers to do the right thing on health and safety. No, I agree. I think it's it's been a, a subconscious prerequisite of customers' health and safety from the, the points of view that they're exposed to in store. So is it clean? Is it tidier? You know, thing, there aren't sharp objects around, things aren't falling off shelves. So I think there's a, a subconscious um, audit we all do when we, shop but now that's been heightened and clearly things have been added to it so yeah really important point to finish on and actually now we've taught this through it's really resonated with me how maybe not directly customer facing in terms of they're not using your uh, product and the work jam apps but from a colleague point of view the transition into how that impacts the customer and therefore the bottom line and all the other things advocacy and repeat purchases net promoter scores top box scores however you measure those metrics it has a massive impact on so now i've really enjoyed this one tim as, as episode two and it's really made me think it's also made me look forward to the next one which is episode three where we're going to touch on operations so we'll uh, we'll pause our thoughts there and i will speak to you again soon in episode three great thanks for having me again simon